Hello and welcome to the Self-Narrate Podcast. My name is Brandon. And I'm Jaren. The Self-Narrate Podcast is a production of Self-Narrate, a organization that is devoted to helping people to develop and share their personal stories. Hey, hey, hey. So this week on the podcast, we're featuring a story from our August 2018 meetup. The theme was do-overs. This story comes to us from Hadi, and the theme is uh, about his battles and struggles with mental health. And the concept of how he was able to achieve a chance to do over uh, his life or have a do over for his life, uh, even after convincing himself that it wasn't worth living. Um, this is a really powerful and also dark and thought provoking story. So, this story is from a new storyteller. Hadi has not shared at a self narrate meetup. Uh, at least not that I know of, and um, it's really amazing we have new storytellers come out of the gate with such amazing and uh, moving stories. So without further ado, uh, here's Hadi. It's interesting being behind a music stand again. Uh, you know, three years ago I was 18 years old, and somehow all the people around me, my parents, my friends, let me be a music major for three months. So that was a fun time. I played tuba for a while, but anyway. Uh, I figured I'd start with something a little light, because I'm getting some dark stuff today. Uh, Let's get started here. A prison becomes a home when you have the key. Those are the words that a great American poet of the early 20th century, George Sterling, those are the words he used when asked by an interviewer about a rather strange habit that Sterling had. That habit was to carry a small vial of cyanide everywhere he went on his person. And so this interviewer asked him, Sterling, why do you carry that cyanide? And he said, a prison becomes a home when you have the key. Certainly a very startling response. And later on, we realized what he was saying. What he was saying was his life was that prison. And he felt like he could turn it into a home because he had that key. He had the way to escape the prison that he dealt with daily with that little vial of cyanide. And sure enough, in 1926, in a hotel room all alone, It seemed almost inevitable that George Sterling would consume that liquid and end his life forever and escape from his prison. This reality, this really terribly sad reality that George Sterling lived, it's something that I can relate to, and I think it's something that a lot more people that we know about in our society can relate to, that we choose not to acknowledge, because it's a hard thing to deal with. It seems almost ironic and rather irrational for for certain, that we can believe that the best way to get a do-over at life is to find death. It's completely irrational and it seems to be what so many of us end up believing because we end up in these dark, dark places in our lives. I remember about a year ago, I was 20 years old, I was sitting in my bed completely disheveled, I was a shell of the person I had been in my life up until then and nothing like the person I've become now. I was sitting there with my laptop in my lap and my mouse was hovering over a little button that said, send money now. I was preparing to send a lump sum of cash to an anonymous person in China who promised me that within two weeks I would receive a package with a substance that would end my life peacefully forever. I was ready to escape my prison and go home. I'm remarkably glad, of course, and remarkably lucky to be able to say that I'm not imprisoned anymore. I'm home, and I love this home, and quite frankly, 
I'm not leaving anytime soon. The leasing agent in the sky, or whatever you want to call him, is going to have to evict me for that to happen. I'm not leaving voluntarily. So I'm certainly doing a whole lot better, but at the time, I'd had enough of the years of mental and emotional agony that I had been through on a daily basis. I'd had enough of those toxic thoughts that we can all relate to on some level that permeate our existences no matter how hard we fight them. I had had enough of being in jail, being in a jail that I had set up for myself. And so the question is begged, how did I arrive at this point, giving a speech about this horrible time in my life at a self-narrated event in Gainesville? How did I arrive at a point where I went from quite literally death's door, or death's laptop screen, I suppose, <laughs> to being here talking about this? How did I arrive at the do-over that I so desperately needed? Well, the answer is pretty simple, ironically. And honestly, it's a little cliche. I found love. Now, before we all roll our eyes and say, oh god, this guy's about to get into a romantic comedy script and I have to turn my brain off for the rest of this, allow me to say this. I don't mean I found love in another person. I didn't fall in love. I didn't go on Tinder and swipe around and end up loving somebody. I also don't mean that I just found a way to love life one day when I woke up, because I, as I'm sure we all know, that's unfortunately just not how it works. No, I found a much more poignant in nature form of love. I found the love for and of myself. You see, from the time I was a very young boy, as long as I can remember, I suffered from crippling social anxiety as a child. I remember being the kid at a park that would rather sit in the corner and play his Nintendo DS than talk to all the kids that were playing basketball and wanted me to come play with them. I remember that memory in my head. And I remember how that progressed for 21 years, basically, turning me into a person that had to battle their demons every single day with mental illness. I chose to reject who I truly was, a weird and kind of crazy and really interesting individual, because what I wanted more than anything else at that time for my entire life was to fit into what I would call society's proverbial boxes. I didn't want to be outside the box. I didn't want to risk what it was like to be outside of there. I wanted to be in it. I wanted to be the same as everybody else. And like any other kid, there's nothing I wanted more than to be able to fit in. Now, by a quick show of hands, how many people remember Dr. Gregory House, the character from House MD? All right, yeah, a lot of us. He was a cool character, right? Now, House, the way I would describe him, and I think the way a lot of people would describe him, was he was cold, he was calculating, he was cunning, but he was certainly a daring intellectual. Now, there were downsides to House's personality, obviously. He was very misanthropic, and surely he wasn't exactly an individual people would want to be around, I'd say. Uh, but in my childhood mind, that was a small price to pay for, get this, not having to deal with emotions. You see, as a kid, I was incredibly sensitive, more sensitive than any other kid around me. And I was constantly battling those emotions, constantly battling them, trying to enter into my life, into my conscience, and fighting them back into my subconscious so I didn't have to be vulnerable in front of all my peers. Like I said before, I just wanted to fit in. And so in this moment of total irrationality, total desperation, I decided somehow consciously, I still remember it, 11 years old, sitting in the living room to the left, I saw my mom and dad sitting on the sofa, to the right, my brother was sitting in a big chair, and we were watching House, and I made the conscious decision, I am going to be more like Dr. Gregory House. I made that decision. I wanted so desperately to leave all that emotion and that vulnerability behind, 
that this character became my idol for the next 10 years of my life. And so in an effort to fit in, in an effort to be like everybody else, I ended up hating everything and isolating myself even further. So why am I telling you suddenly this little aside story about Gregory House? Well, it's because a rather significant part of my do-over, a significant part of getting past all of this darkness, has been breaking free from the chains of a character that I made myself out to be. And I certainly believe that that's relatable for anybody suffering with identity crises. We oftentimes find characters, it could be in a TV show or a movie, or it could be somebody we make up ourselves. We find characters to chain ourselves to, and we become so ingrained into those characters that we forget that we can escape them one day. It's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to break out of what we call our comfort zone. But the truth is, being comfortable is not always the same as being happy. It takes a great deal of introspection to find oneself after a year of forgetting to search, which is, or 21 years of forgetting to search, really, is what I did. And it's certainly a daunting task. And so I'd like to end this speech with a stanza from a poem I wrote uh, a few months ago. It's a poem I wrote in the morning in the span of about an hour after a night of intensive therapy with a good friend of mine. And I hope that it instills as much inspiration and hope in people who may be suffering from mental illness or anybody else that suffers from identity crisis as it still does in me. 21 years spent solemnly still, living through others, no power of will. I take my first steps, and like a newborn I gaze at the light that awaits me, the light beyond the maze. Thank you. Thanks again to our storyteller Hadi for the bull for hosting us and all the rest of our storytellers from our meetup in August at the Bull. Uh, as you know, we have one of these every month. Our meetup in September is going to be actually September 27th, Thursday, which is not, uh, we normally do our meetups on the third Thursday of the month, and this one is on the fourth Thursday of the month, worth noting. Uh, and the theme is going to be coming of age, and it's going to be another amazing night of stories guaranteed. We have our uh, self-narrate annual conference, Story GNV, on October 13th. Go learn more about that at storygnv.com. And we just have a lot more going on. Check out our events on Facebook and on our website, um, more than I can really even list out here. So uh, anyways, until next time, grow your story, grow yourself.